Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Academy is a low-budget, silly movie about misfit police cadets that turned into a blockbuster franchise that dominated the 80s and early 90s with at least six sequels, I can't count them all, two TV series, and a documentary that's in the making right now. And it just proved once again what we all knew, that most cops are idiots. <laughs> this is 80s Movies. I got to do what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Police Academy is about a ragtag group of wannabe cops who are allowed into the training after a female mayor's equal opportunity directive, which is not welcomed by the police chief who wants to be sure they never make the cut. Because everyone needs to be... One specific color, one specific height, one specific weight. Yeah, yeah. And one specific gender. (laughs) Yes, and this is what's interesting. So, you know, I haven't seen Police Academy in a long time. Obviously, people love it. How do you remember it? You you know, people remember it as being kind of rude and misogynistic and this, you know, over-the-top, just kind of like rude comedies that they used to have. And I was surprised to see that it was socially progressive, that it wasn't, I mean, I figured, okay, this is what it is, right? Like looking at the premise and remembering that it's going to be a bunch of, you know, that you basically have women and people of color and overweight people who are going to be the butt of the joke, but they're not. It's the police who run the academy and the guys they see as the ideal candidates for police officers. Those are the guys who are the butt of the jokes in this film. And I just think, wow, were we thinking that in 1984? That's amazing. I'm so excited. Um, And really, another thing that I was, uh, that that surprised me in rewatching it is how Police Academy overcomes stereotypes. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, you've got Hightower. Normally, what do we see in 80s movies? That black men are portrayed as scary okay yeah so what they do they kind of put that on its side because they're they you see that the white men react to hightower with fright right you see that from the uh from from harris lieutenant harris when when he comes up against him you see that in uh, the guy who hightower rear ends in when he's on the driving lesson um, you know, that as soon as they see him, they think, oh, I need to go cower because this big black man is going to hurt me. But really, he's gentle and quiet. And a florist. And a florist. <laughs> and so it's totally throwing all of the preconceived ideas of Hollywood and, and just upending them. And then, um, you know, Hooks is, a, is another one where you have black women usually portrayed as angry and in your face and full of attitude and in this case, she's quiet and meek. 
And then, you know, you also have what you have beautiful rich women who are normally portrayed as being snobby and only concerned with clothes and and men and fancy things. And instead, what we see is that Kim Cattrall's character, you know, likes to do tough, powerful activities, you know. So I really appreciated that it seemed like they took all of these stereotypes other than Steve Gutenberg's character, other than Mahoney, right? Mahoney is this guy we see in all 80s movies. He's a ne'er-do-well, you know, he's a uh, flippant, doesn't care about anything. We've seen him in, you know, he's he's Vankman in, in Ghostbusters. A Ferris Bueller type. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just kind of gets through life but on being kind of arrogant and obnoxious and somehow we like them so those are the things about it that really surprise me on the positive side because i do like to start on the positive it does have its issues though it does um what did you see the movie that you were like oh boy here we go well they said a bad word oh yeah they used a racist slur yeah the hooks Uh uh-huh mm-hmm and then (laughs) Um, but there's, there's a reaction to that. There's a reaction. Yeah. So it's yeah. the white guy who we we find out has the Confederate flag on his car, and uh, Col- Coleman, and he I think that was his name, something like that. Um, and and so he it, it's him who uses the racial racial slur, and, and there's instant justice, right? Yes. And then uh, High Tower is fired, but then High Tower winds up being the hero of the film. Yep. Okay. And what else? Prostitute. Yeah, there's a pro- there's a lot of prostitutes in eighties movies. We haven't yet cracked into those, but oh yeah. I feel like they were trying to make fun of homosexuals, <laughs> but they always ended up winning in the end. Um yeah, you know, by the way, there weren't any of the cadets who appeared to be gay in our story and they didn't make fun of them, like Revenge of the Nerds. They do. They make mm-hmm. sure to include that and have some guy be limp-wristed, you know, in the script he's limp-wristed. That's a part of, of that storyline. But they don't They do not do that. But they have the biker bar. Yeah. The gay biker bar. And they also have... Which, by the way, I've never known to, like, there's the YMCA guys of, like, the leather and the chains and stuff, but... I've never seen where they've made, there's a bikers who are scary and menacing, and then there's a gay bar. So you have biker bars and you have gay bars. This was a gay biker bar where these guys were menacing, even though, you know, and normally gay men aren't portrayed that way. What's that BSM, BDM, that like a really yeah. intense sexual stuff? I right. think that's what Yeah, yeah. Trying- it was a part of it, but they were very butch men, you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, and and the funny thing is to me is they but we never see them actually do anything bad to the guys. But I love the idea that the gay guys were these, you know, were were the ones who were physically intimidating. <laughs> that the boy and that the, the our two uh, white cadets um, were nervous about it. I kind of thought that was a great turnaround as well. Yes, and then we also have the main character sucking off the chief. Or whatever. Well, like, he wasn't he really. He didn't. He letting him think that, though. Yeah. yeah. And so then that's a positive. So Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's positive. He was comfortable with letting the chief think that he's the one who had performed fellatio under the podium, even though it was a, a prostitute, mm-hmm. a female prostitute. And then what I appreciate at the very end is you're thinking, you know, when he's like, oh, when uh, the com- commandant sees... Um, 
you know, when when he sees uh, Steve Gutenberg and Kim Cattrall's characters and he sees them from behind and her hair's up, so he thinks it's two men kissing. He's like, you guys, you men, stop that. You know, and so we think, oh, here we go, more homophobia. Uh, and it's probably related to the experience that right. he had thinking that, uh, that, that Gutenberg had, uh, Mahoney had, had uh, given him oral sex. <laughs> and, um, uh, but at the very end of the film, we get, that the commandant actually had figured out what had happened and mm-hmm. played a similar joke. And I just thought, yes, you know, we solved that problem. And so it was like remarkably progressive. This movie has an up to all of its downs for once. We have one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not an 80s movie unless you get a shower scene in the girls' locker room. And, and with a peeping Tom, nonetheless. Mahoney two. Is, yes, <laughs> Mahoney is watching, and when Harris moves him away, Harris takes over, and they've got two peeping Toms. And we get all all, all the, the floors. Shots. Yeah, all the floors. Got lots of naked we women. We got an ass. We got some tits. We got some <laughs> vaginal area. Uh-huh. You know, we got every... Right. We got every angle. Right. And then there's the bonfire. They have a party and oh, something yeah. that I don't know happens at every party I'm at. Uh, where everyone took their tops off. All the girls just just took their turns, just taking their shirt off. You know, with no bathing suit. It's under warm it. by a bonfire, so you know. <laughs> Usually just, that stuff is so cold. Like I always have a jacket on me every time I go to a <laughs> right. bonfire. So I don't know what the what they're doing. They're on something else. Right, right. I want what they're on. <laughs> so so exactly like so again. I feel like this film is so good in so many ways. In fact, in the fact that it's upending all of these 80s comedy traditions. And then, um, but then you have, of course, the sexualization and objectification of Of women women. that always happens. And that it's okay to look at them naked when they don't know. It's all right to treat them like this. It's okay to sexually harass them if you don't know them and ask to look at their thighs. Right, right. And then, um, but now here's what's going to save this is that the director, Hugh Wilson, he was only known for really one thing at the time, which was directing uh, for this series, WKRP, in Cincinnati, which is a, a, a TV series I loved. It was about radio. It's what one of the things that made me want to be in radio. I love that TV series so much. And in that series, there is a buxom blonde uh, named Jennifer. Lonnie Anderson played her. And there were a lot of jokes with the men fumbling over themselves when they were around Jennifer. And she would wear... Her shirts were kind of low-cut. Not terribly low-cut, but her boobs, were pro- her boobs were pronounced. So we know where Hugh Wilson's I'm, mind goes. I'm just saying we know who he is. But this is what he said. When he got the script and they hired him, he had an issue. with. The, the, apparently it was way worse than this. It was the typical rude, gross-out, misogynistic comedy that we expected this film to be. And he had an issue with it and said, I, I, I would like to rewrite this. I don't think we need it. Um, and, and he, and he said, I realize that you can carry grossness, rudeness, and crudeness just so far before the audience finds it terribly repetitive and not so funny. And, um, and so he fought back, but the things they said, the studio, and this is what is eye opening to me is how many times it came back to the studio. The studio said that the things that were no goes that they had to include was the, was the shower scene, the party scene. And the fellatio, the oral sex under the podium. Those three things said we will not change these. Oh, and the um, and and Harris, uh, you know, being catapulted into a horse's ass, making him a literal horse's ass, right? Right. Um, 
those were the things that they said, we will not compromise on it. And so he said, okay. So the way he got around that is you never actually see it. Like I kept nope. thinking, don't show me, don't show me, you yeah. know, when he, when he was flying through the air, I don't want to see it. And you see Steve Gutenberg's reaction for a good long time, but they never show it. And th- that's sort of how he won. But with the shower and the party scene, there wasn't really much he could do. But it does feel weird. And I think I appreciate that, that you watch it and you go, oh, like this feels out of place. It feels out of place. You know, it doesn't feel like it's a part of the movie you're watching. Um, But still, you know, Mahoney does do the thighs thing, tries to get one over um, on Kim Cattrall's character. And, you know, by pretending that he's the authority and he needs to see her thighs they play that into a joke so we feel better about it right um and then the only other thing that i think really bothered me is is lieutenant callahan she does her job well you know she is commanding she is powerful she's tough you know she happens to have large breasts you know just a fact right she just happens to have large breasts and most of the time she's covered up but then they show her in private moments now the bra covers her quite a bit but there still is this idea that a tough, powerful woman, we still have to sexualize her. You know, we can't Always. just let her be in charge. She, you know, we don't see, you Why know. Why would she be? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, they don't, they don't just let us have it. And of course, in a way, I was like thinking through the, the scene with, um, uh, uh, with Martine, <laughs> who's Mart, you know, his last name is Martin. He is not that cute, first of all. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, and again, this is with the stereotypes, right? They're playing through the Latin lover stereotype through a white guy acts, trying to pretend that he's Latin to get the women because he is a white guy, fourth generation American, as he said, is uh, not able to get the women. So through this alter ego of being a minority, you know, that's how he's able to do it. But, um, but you know, so on one hand, I think, well, I appreciate that we do see a woman who's being sexually assertive and, you know, they become and they get in and they have a relationship, you know, <laughs> and that's where that goes. But on the other hand, I just kind of think, well, we didn't do that with Lieutenant Harris, you know. Well, he's also ugly. Well, <laughs> so. that is true. That is true. Well, I think what we're going to take away from this, that this is probably the best we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> For 80s movies? Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like, unless it's a children's movie, which I assume there will be adult jokes in there anyways, just like there is in Spongebob and just like there was in other shows, but Mm -hmm. I think this is as good as we're going to get. All right. Well, we are surprised uh, here at 80s Movies, A Guide to What's Wrong With Your Parents. Please check out our website, 80smovieguide.com. We have a lot of behind the scenes and information, like all the information you want on a movie so you can you can check that out and check us out on social media at 80s movie guide thanks lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 